Good evening, Patriots. It is the end of Monday, June 12th in the year 2023. I think most of us are still living in kind of the afterglow of Bard's Fest, which was really pretty amazing. I'm going to talk a little bit about that tonight. We've got some prayers to do tonight. Just some general perspectives on things to really consider where we're at right now. One thing I do want to bring to your attention is the need for keeping your health up, which whether that's to reduce pain, get good sleep, but most importantly, keeping your medical cabinet and your medical supplies stocked with the necessary items that are just all natural. One of the best places to get some of those fundamental products for sleep, pain relief, full body recovery, or just relaxation is cbdistillery.com cbdistillery.com. They are products that are all 100% made from U.S. grown industrial hemp. They test them rigorously. They're super high quality, great value, and just a range of products. I've been using a number of them with great success, and it's really good to see how quickly they settle in. And again, it's products that are natural. So much of this, and especially in the time we're going when we're seeing kind of two things going on. They're continuing with this attack with new inputs of and new developments for the pharmacia products that are all designed with witch, witchcraftery and black magic in them designed to destroy us. And it continuing to try to keep people away from the natural remedies. So using hemp as a foundation in particular CBD oil-based products are just absolutely critical because they do so much for your whole body system. So if you head over to CB Distillery, cbdistillery.com, use your BARDS code B-A-R-D-S, get 20% off. You're going to find a great selection of products. It's great value. Check it out, CB Distillery, cbdistillery.com. BARDS code B-A-R-D-S, get 20% off. And definitely won't be dis- disappointed. Great quality products. I've been using them. So I'll give you firsthand testimony to it, and it's they're, they're worth the money. So check it out, cbdistillery.com. It's an interesting thing when you consider what so many people in our faith believe and say. So often we hear, this is not our home. I'm not of this world. I say not of this world, but when we are not of this world, it doesn't mean it's the physical world, but as is in heaven, as in earth. But so many people talk about this not being their home, that we're not intended to be here, that we're going to go back to the Father, that when, when Jesus returns, these sorts of things. And it's really a, a pretty lame statement when you consider we're in the middle of a fight and that God's given us dominion. And then we're saying like, yeah, but I can't wait till you come take us away. And so there's a lot of validation of that sort of approach that goes to things which keeps people out of the fight. What we end up doing is we end up seeing way too often people like, okay, we'll just pray for it. But it's not praying with authorities. It's just like, let's just get through this so I can get, I can get out of here. People that were, if you watched Bards Fest or were at Bards Fest, you heard from people that have survived intense combat. Joe Vega has been in, Sergeant Major Joe Vega has been in more combat than most soldiers alive today. There were veterans in the group 
with security at GT that have served in Vietnam. Anthony's Pastor Anthony's father was a Tet Offensive survivor. Colonel Pete Chambers has been around in combat all over the world. I've had my own share of combat. And the thing I will tell you is you're not going to be welcomed on a team or be part of a team if you keep saying that, oh, you know, can't wait till you take me home. And you can't trust your life with somebody that has that. And so consider if you were on a special operations team and this is your team. God puts you here. And you go out there and you the fight's engaging and you're like, hmm, boy, I can't wait till I get called home. You wouldn't be on my team. In fact, if you were on any of the teams I worked on, if you are on any of the teams Joe worked on, any of the teams that Pete Chambers worked on, you'd get a one-way ticket off of that team. And that was known, in fact, and, and it was a known fact. In the joint team I worked out under Scott Miller, everybody there, no matter who you were, were there on invitation with an understanding that even one critical mistake you could be asked to leave. And that everything was about winning the war, period, end of story. If you couldn't hold that, you didn't belong there. And there's no fight you ever want to get in that you don't win. You don't go into a fight thinking, well, I just hope I get through this. I don't know if you've been in those types of fights. And fortunately, I've never been in a fight where I've said, mm, I hope I can get through this. I've been, in, I've been in matches like wrestling matches where I've been completely dominated by somebody with superior skills. But even then, I was like, I'm going to do this until he either breaks my neck or I just physically can't outdo him or I get lucky and win. When I was in high school, I was sent down to, I went down to Squaw Valley, California for a camp with one of the South of Southern California schools that was putting it on. World-class wrestlers there. And we had this big, massive, massive area. It was the outdoor, the indoor-outdoor skating rink. It's beautiful at Squaw Valley. And they had covered it all with mats. So it was in huge space. And we had this big circle of all the wrestlers that were there. And this head coach, who was nationally recognized, and he had, he had a national level teams he was putting out all the time, just started calling on people. And you were coming up and just to come up and wrestle against one of the national champs. And almost everybody got up there and they were intimidated. And the minute they got up and they got smacked down in a matter of, you know, 10, 15 seconds. He called on me. And I was like, you know what? I'm not losing this thing. We went three full rounds. And when he got through with that, the wrestler, the national champ, looked at the coach and says, give me someone easier next time. Now, he beat me. And I would hope that he would because I wasn't at his caliber. I was high school, and he was he was collegiate-level national champ. But he wasn't going to get away with it easy, and he didn't. And that was that led to an extension of an offer by the coach. If I wanted to come down and wrestle with him, I would on their college team. I had an open ticket. 
I'm not tooting my horn. I'm just telling you what's in my soul. I don't quit. And we have in the Christian faith, and this has bugged, bugged me more than anything in Christian faith, is this wimpiness. And that was the essential part of Barsfest, which was to get rid of that, to demonstrate the warrior spirit in Christ. But if you were on a team, imagine if you were on a team, and I, because I personally believe this, so it's more than me just saying it, and people aren't going to be comfortable with this, but imagine if, you, what, do you, what do you think God's going to say when you go, well, I did the best I could? Um, I was down there, and, and I was waiting for you to take me home, Father, because I knew I just had to endure until, until the time you yanked me out. I think, honestly, it's going to go more like, what do you think I put you there for? I mean, seriously. I mean, this is like, why are you here then? We have to be able to trust each other at a level of life and death. You know, the parable, which is Mark 8, or Matthew 8, I'm sorry, Matthew 8, where Jesus talks about the centurion. And he says, the centurion says to him, my servant is on the floor, he's sick and dying. And Jesus says, then I'll come to your house and he will be healed. And the centurion says, Lord, I'm not worthy of this, but I'm a soldier. I understand that if I tell somebody to go, they will go. If I tell somebody to come, they will come. So if you tell me he will be healed, he will be healed. Jesus goes on to say that if that there will be many Gentiles sitting at the table with Abraham while many others who think they're of faith or will be left in the darkness, cast out into the darkness because they don't have the faith of that centurion. There's something deeper in that message. And it's something that Jesus recognizes that I think most people miss. It's that he is a soldier. He understands the duties and difficulties of war. And it's the obedience that he gives to the success of war because if he tells somebody to go or tells somebody to come, he's doing it not for his own good or edifice. He's doing this to inspire and to keep people alive. He's energizing the fight and keeping people alive. Personally, I, I, my, my personal opinion is that when you accept Christ, you accept a stepping onto an elite team. It's like a special operations team, whatever your capacity is, but we don't see it that way. And unfortunately, we get to a place where people are like, well, I, have, I had nothing left, so I came to Jesus. And then there's always the call out to Father whenever things get bad, but we don't, call, we don't talk to him regularly until things get in crisis. And it's like, oh, Father, what am I going to do? That's a meek, that's, I would call that a weak Christianity. And that sort of Christianity to me is, is really, truly milk toast. What I pursue, what I'm after, what I want around me are warriors. People that will dig in and give themselves regardless of the fight to everything that they have. Now, the great thing about Bars Fest is I saw so much of that. And it's inspiring, but it just needs to be reminded. 
I mentioned the previous hour that I was going to mention the, the cooking team tonight. I just want to talk about them in general, just a great team of people that came together. I just got a couple of pictures sent over to me. Really powerful. They came together as a team, and they, they gave everything for two and a half, almost three days. Really, it was more like three days. They gave everything to serving people and making sure that everyone was fed. And the thing is that they did it with intensity and they did it with joy in their heart. You can do both. The enemy feeds on negativity, anger, hate. Intensity and joy can be in, in both operations and be there. But intensity is intensity. You're, you're mission focused. And that's what they did. And in the process, they, they achieved one of the most important parts of the festival, which was to feed people. And that's a mission. And with every mission, there's different aspects of where people play in. Not everybody's on the point of the spirit kicking in a door. Someone asked me when they were at Bards Fest, and I think he I don't think he was one of Bards Nation folks. And he said to me, I'm called to support to do something about child sex trafficking. He said, where, do you, where would you suggest I begin? I know where that sense is. It's like, well, let me begin with going hunting for the child sex traffickers. I, and I, that was kind of, the, I think, the bait of the question. And my, sen- my comment was, you need to start with informational. You need to start lurk- worrying about your local community, understanding who's involved, and start mapping that out to understand what actions can be taken, and you need to make others aware of the same problem. Now, that's not hero's work. It doesn't sound like it anyway. And the next comment was, well, I don't know anything about intelligence. I don't have that background. My response was, do you know how to research on Google? See, my, my point is, Warrior heart doesn't look at obstacles. They try to figure out how to overcome them. So when you run into a wall and you feel like it's the end, you've got to find another 50 to 100% to get through it. In our faith, we have become comfortable in the faith at large of just saying, well, when I go home, when God takes me back, when Jesus comes, And we completely give ourselves an excuse to be apathetic in our actions in this time. We use the scriptures selectively to convince ourselves that we are not worthy and that we must simply be obedient and do nothing but hold the line, meaning be inactive. And we take out most the other big part, which is so much of the faith in this country does not want to hear about the mystics and the miracles that happen around faith. What they want to hear is a dead stone wall ministry with skinny jeans, spineless, castrated pulpits that literally will support more, support the image of a dirty, smelly, limp-wristed, mealy-mouthed Jesus that we're somehow all supposed to be this big pile of silly putty and Satan's supposed to stomp all over us and crush us, and we're just going to supposed to be, well, God, I did the best we can. 
and expect to be rewarded by it. Let's put this in a human perspective. We'll just take General Patton. He was a fierce general. The modern version of General Patton is General Scotty Miller, who's now retired. Trust me, you don't tell these people, I can't. They are deeply compassionate for their soldiers. They are 100% focusing on a win constantly. They carry the burden of every soldier lost. And the general theme is you don't die for your country. You get the other poor bastard to die for his. Now, for some, I would imagine that there are some difficulties in rationalizing that sort of mentality within the faith of the loving Jesus. And that's unfortunate. Because there's nowhere in Scripture that shows Jesus backing up and quitting. There's nowhere in Scripture telling, showing Jesus saying, okay, Father, take me home. He's a warrior. And because we overlay the warrior of Patton, and, we try to, and he becomes an image of warfare, and then we look at Jesus and go, yeah, but he wasn't doing warfare. He was loving people. My goodness, did the message get missed. The ferocity of the lion. I mean, listen to the way people talk about Jesus returning. And I always ask myself, how can you see Jesus returning as the fierce lion and not understand he was the same when he was here on earth? How can you miss the point that the sacrifice, which was unbelievable pain to bear, was the greatest, most massively devastating weapon to that point ever released on the enemy? It was the trap of all traps to maximize the enemies, the enemy being maximized in their pride to think that they were going to kill the Son of God and somehow demoralize the people when it absolutely backfired and went the other way. We have got to stand boldly in the gap. And we have to stand boldly now with the heart of a lion and understand that everything is on the line. And part of that is understanding the power of love, but understanding that there is a spine and a ferocity in love that isn't turning you into a sponge or some sort of limp-wristed noodle. What I witnessed, and I'm why I'm going to go back to the cooking team, is that these were folks that came together and truly operated like a team of lions, cooking food and serving people and bringing something fantastic to the event. Let me tell you about another team that was at Bart's Fest, and they're always there at all the events, and they're the Glad Tidings security team, and they're lions. Every one of them is trained in a measure of on-the-ground ministry, and every one of them is trained in deliverance, and every one of them packs, conceal carry. So when they have problems, the first thing they approach 
is with the temperance of the Holy Spirit, and then they approach it with the idea of paying attention and being aware of the potential of demonic activity to free the oppressed. When Antifa came in during General Flynn's speech a year and a half ago, the team greeted them as they drove the bus in, and the team gave them a choice. If you step on the property of glad tidings, it may be their last day on earth. If you stay on the bus, you can leave peacefully. There is a line that we cannot cross. And people have to start understanding that this line is getting more and more real and the issues are getting more and more visceral. Because this enemy is a take-all, win-all enemy and burn it to the stake and burn it to the ground every step you take. Take this headline. Wisconsin County which is Dane County, which includes the Wisconsin State Capitol of Madison, has voted in, or as I should say is poised to pass, a four-part resolution to become the nation's first sex reassignment sanctuary for trans and non-binary children so they can be transitioned without parental consent. Where's your line? Is that okay? Where's your line? And so we say, well, that's not my county. I can't do anything about it. How would you feel if your child ran away and went there and came back as a girl with its nuts cut off and had a snip and tuck? Where's the line? We have to start asking these hard questions because this war is that real. This enemy knows no limits. And it's counting on the limp-wristed, dead cockroach, spineless, nutted, skinny jean pulpit to ensure your compliance and your agreement by doing nothing. How long have we had abortion in this country? And now that abortion's been overturned, how many states have literally, or even counties, have, over, have declared abortion-free? Meaning no abortion is illegal. I just, these are things that I just roll over my head over and over. We were given the gift, but we didn't follow through with it. We were given the curse and we let it be. And it's easy for us in this culture to say, well, we couldn't get enough people mobilized. Well, we couldn't do this. And I'd say, and I keep looking at this going, okay, what's wrong with this picture when we say that? Well, the first part of it is, as Christians, as a faith movement, there's been a lot of protest for abortion over the years. And I know there's been a lot of prayer, but I, I'm still curious, and I because I haven't seen the effects. I mean, why haven't we seen the authorities being declared to stop it? And what more could have been done? 
How come churches didn't get behind it as much? Why has it become so standardized and mainstream? And a lot of it's because the pulpit's weak. And those that listen to the weak pulpit become victims of weakness. They become weak themselves. We have to learn the strength and boldness of the lion. And each one of us has that obligation to do that. When we pray, we should be praying with intensity. There's a pastor, he's new at Glad Tidings. He's from Guyana in Africa. And he was sharing stories with me this weekend on the intensity of prayer warfare that they do. And this man can pray. I mean, he prays incredible warfare. Talking about how the in areas where they know that they're under attack, they've gone out on street corners and pastors with people have prayed 24 hours around the clock openly, not quietly, but boldly proclaiming and praying in the world. That their congregations stack up to 500,000. That's five with five zeros behind it. That's a congregation. We're sitting here going, oh, my, my congregation is... 50, 100, 250. It's unbelievable. We've got to get empowered behind it. There's a really cool story that J.C. Bird shared with me. I want to share it. It was um, an encounter he had over the weekend and I'm going to read it, and I'm, I'm going to just say thank you, JC, because it was a great story. And I think there's a great moral in this story. He left um, Saturday morning for Marysville. They're going out to do the fight with spiritual warfare with us, and he was going with Pete Chambers, Doc. And as they kind of headed out, They had the coordinates, and they took off. He followed Pete, and they arrived at the destination. All ready for the fight, they jumped out and realized they had they had gone to the wrong location. They were in the wrong fight. But here's what's great about this. Most people would, at that point, go, okay, heck with it. It's too much difficulty. And so many people would do that. I've encountered it so often, like, no, nah, I don't think so. But not here. Realizing they're in the wrong battle, strong metaphor. They're the wrong location for the fight, important metaphor. They re-evaluated coordinates, made a shift and pivot, and headed over and, and linked up with the main body and went after it with us all. That might seem like, a like okay, so they got to the wrong place. They got the right address. After that, they went to the right place. Big deal. It's a big deal because the metaphor is very strong, especially what we were dealing with that morning which we were going there to literally engage the enemy. That shows a heart, a desire to fight. It shows a lion's heart that sometimes we go along a path, we realize that the fight we're in isn't necessarily the right one, but it's the courage and willingness to be humble enough to shift, pivot, and go after and join up with the main body where it's necessary to strike the enemy more viciously. And that's exactly what they did. There's a lot of this fire that needs to be Kindled, nurtured, focused, and refined that comes out of Bard's Fest. And it's important to really realize 
and come to grips with the fact that our enemy has absolutely no intention no intention of giving up i made the comment in the previous hour and i mean it it's interesting to listen to president trump right now because by all accounts this man should sound broken that's not what he said today. He said today they've opened the Pandora's box and soon people will understand the whole thing because he's basically because he's going to counterpunch. That's being a lion. I don't care what you feel about him. I've been up and down on a lot of his decisions, but at the end of the day, the dude's taking more body blows than anybody I've ever seen, and he still stands up and's like, go ahead, bring some more. He's standing to the enemy until the enemy pushes him so far and finally he's going to drop the hammer. I don't know what he's got planned. But I know one thing. He doesn't stop talking about 2024. And every, even my, I'm like, okay, show me a pathway. I don't see it, but I have to admire one thing. He's never, ever indicated otherwise that he's going to win 2024. Now imagine that much faith. That's the same faith as the centurion in Jesus. Jesus, I can, I can come to your house and heal him, the centurion no, your Lord, I'm not worthy enough to have you there, but if you say he shall be healed, he shall be healed. That's a tremendous amount of faith. We like the ideas of the good stuff. We don't like the ideas of the grunt work. I'm one of these weird guys that used to like to dig foxholes. I loved it, actually. And I learn to dig some really good ones and do it pretty fast. And I just like doing his hard work, especially in the middle of the desert somewhere. I'm a guy that likes to run on his own. And a lot of risk in that. A lot of risk. I like the challenges. So a lot of the, sometimes when I talk about these things, I talk about them as well from a personal level, which perhaps is not fair to some because I'm imposing a standard or a belief. But what I'm making the point of is I've done it, I do it, and that's just the only way I know. What I know is when I what drove me away when I was young from Christian faith was this blind obedience to a word without any sort of sense of anything other then if I don't do these exact things, I'm going to hell. And I thought to myself, then it's like, that's kind of a weird God. Because I don't even know him. He just sounds like an overlord. And instead, I drifted to a broader faith of just believing that there was something greater out there until the day that God called me to his feet. And I listened. But what he showed me was the power of the supernatural God. What he showed me was the power of mercy. What he showed me were the powers of miracles that would then follow. If I would pay attention, I would see them. And if I would believe, I would have them. I don't doubt the supernatural God, the God of miracles. The only question I have now is, Father, how can I become more in service with you to become mightier in this fight as a warrior in this fight? to slay more of the enemy in their home turf, to go deeper within their camp, to slay them and destroy them, and to free the oppressed, to unbind those that are bound by chains, to free those and 
as I've freed myself to others to have others set themselves free. Those things drive me. But not this, which is, well, I, you know, at some point I'm leaving here, so I can't wait to get out of here. Or even more convoluted is this idea of like, well, everything I do serves the Lord until the day it is that he calls me home. Okay, that's, that's a nice thing to say. That's the vanilla frosting on top of the cake that has no flavor. I want the cake that when you cut it and you take that last bite, it's at the bottom corner of the slice, the one that's usually dry. I want that, the one, that bite there, that very last bite that you kind of drag out because you don't really want to get to it because you want to eat the middle first. It's a lot more flavorful, a lot more lot more, more moist. I want that last bite in the place that is supposed to be dry and horrible to be the best bite of everything. I want it to blow my mind. That's the cake I want to be part of. That's the life I want to pursue. And that's the pursuit of God that I am after all the time. If that requires me to fast for 47 days, I'm all in. If that requires me to start a physical training program that tells me that I need to climb a mountain next month, I'll figure it out. If I have to carry a rock of 200 pounds and I can only carry one right now of 20, I'll figure it out. If that's that's the faith that says, Father, what do you need me to do? And he says, I need you to go this farther. I'm like, how about if I go farther than that? And as long as he's okay with it, I go. So this is an important point to realize that we all have a duty to this war machine that we're part of. Yes, we're part of a war machine. You were enlisted when you were born, whether you realized it or not. And building that army around you and building the intensity and faith is becoming increasingly important. We don't have time to waste. The clock is ticking. The enemy's forces are mounting. I don't know what they just did to the air in New York and even over into Kentucky. People's throats are burning. Their chests are burning. Their eyes are burning. Contacts are drying up. People with contacts, their eyes are drying up. Something nasty they put in the air. They're waging a war on humanity. And I haven't heard anybody, like, I haven't talked to anybody that said, you know what, that started happening, and we pulled together a prayer team, and we literally went full-out praying against it. I'll do that. Pray with intensity. Pray with ferocity. And then engage people. You've got to be in their face. For coming to Jesus, you got to get on this train. If you don't want to get on this train, that's your choice, but understand the consequences. You're not going to make it. And we want you to come over here. But that's open carrying our faith. Look, I walked in, I've said this story so many times now. I walk into Home Depot, any store with my my open carry, there is no question about where I stand on a certain topic. It's not a debate. I don't have to put a sign on me. I simply am showing you because I'm confident with it as I walk in there. That's who I am. This is what I am. End of story. Thank you very much for your service or your day. Just get out of my way and I'll do my business and you do yours. Or we can have a great conversation. But there's where I stand. My faith should be that strong. And it shouldn't 
have to be spoken. I don't have to walk in and go, hey, everybody, yes, um, we got something over here on aisle 10. Can you take a look at it? What is it? I want to show you that I'm walking around aisle 10 with my pistol in open carry. Can we come over here and take a look so you can all see it? That's how we do our faith right now, literally. Hey, everybody, yes, I'm a Christian. Do you believe in Jesus? If not, let me tell you about it. I want you to see it by hearing me. I want you to hear my words so I can tell you about what you're doing wrong so you'll become guilty and you'll take on Jesus because you'll be afraid of going to hell instead of walking in like your pistol in the open carry and not having to say a thing, but the Holy Spirit's flowing through you so mightily, you're engaging people with confidence, you've got the smile and the joy of of Jesus flowing through you, joy is just pouring out of you, this light in your eyes is intense because you're walking in the Holy Spirit, you're like, good afternoon, how you doing? Your voice shows it, your body shows it, they're like, I don't know what you're on or what you're living through, but I want some of it, and you're like, oh, that? I can help you with that. It's like, can I pray for you? Pray for you. It's like, what is that? That, my son, that, my friend, that's Jesus. How's that feel? It's incredible. How do I find it? How about if I walk you through the door, hand you off, and from there you're on your own? But let me tell you, it's a fantastic walk. See, that's open carry your faith. And it's where we need to be. And right now, more than ever, I watched two guys, and I come back to them, Joe Vega and, and Sergeant Major Joe Vega and Lieutenant Colonel Pete Schaefer, Schaefer, Chambers, excuse me, Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers. And I watched these two guys that come from a culture where it is literally the quiet professional. You don't talk about what you do. And I watched them stand up there and talk about their their relationship in Christ. They're powerful warriors. And the difficult and powerful things they've had to do as warriors. Hardened. They're tough. Good friends and good part of my life. That's the intensity of winning this war. And whether it's the Cook team or whether it's the intensity of the, of the media team, which Duncan was helping, helping with, or whether it's the intensity of, the, of that back-end person, Teddy, who's always there, Bear, did all of our shirts, prints all of our stuff, is sitting there in the meantime, over-tracking what's going on on Telegram, giving updates, constantly engaged. See, all the, everybody that was there, everybody, hopefully everybody that was watching the same thing, everybody was focused and engaged in the battle, in intensity. And you could see it because then when people broke off to have lunch, there wasn't this casual conversation. There was engaged conversations for the next hour and a half. People were together, working together as a unit. We're part of God's unit. It's the Jesus unit. And I believe truly that to be on that unit, you have to get be in that place of all in. Because if you're not all in and then some, and it's really all in and then some, because all in is like, I'll give you everything I have. Okay, that's good. That's good for that team over there. Those guys that have been sitting in the pews, that's okay. Go ahead. We'll take that one. You're going to, 
you'll probably get, you'll be all right in heaven, but you'll be back there probably doing the janitor work. You want to be on this front edge team? It's all in and then a lot more. Because when you hit that wall, you're like, I can't go farther. Then you tell yourself, hey, get up. You better go twice as hard now because it's only just begun. And that's the truth. It's only just begun. Understand the mission that's before us. This enemy is out to rape, steal, and destroy. They will use any tactic possible as long as we give them the will to do it. As long as we comply, bow, and agree with the way they go forward, they will continue to rape, pillage, and destroy. The only thing stopping them is the front line of God's children. That means every day, armor yourself up. That means every day, understand that you are under constant spiritual warfare. That means every day, you need to face that enemy. Every day, you need to use the tools given to you by God to engage, to, to subdue, and ultimately hand over to Jesus to do whatever he shall do with this demonic force that sits before you. Every day, ruthlessly and relentlessly. And when we do that, we got some serious power going for us and victory. So with that, we've got a few prayers tonight too. We're going to engage in those. And we're going to declare some healing. And we're going to get some serious prayer warfare going on here to uh, send the evening off on a high. Join me in prayer. Father, we're blessed this evening to be together fellowship and all that we've had these last few days is a reminder of the intensity of the mission which we're on, the focus that's necessary, and a need to develop an uncompromising heart that pursues you in everything we do, every breath, without any compromise, willing to give all, and always remembering that it is not our role here to die for the enemy, but rather for the enemy to be subdued by us and handed over to Jesus and the angels for whatever punishment they so desire to levy or grace and judgment by your hand, Father. Father, by the authorities given to us by Jesus, we're going to declare healing tonight, healing for some people in dire need, healing for people to be restored to the perfection of, of, our, holy, of our kingdom, blessed and washed in the blood of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to raise them up and make them strong and mighty warriors that can give testimony to the power of prayer, testimony to the glories of the kingdom, testimonies to the power of healing through your hand, Father. Our first one tonight is for Casey Bird for Jesus. Would appreciate prayers for my husband, please. Kurt, his neck is acutely out of alignment, had imaging yesterday, waiting for an MRI results so we know the path forward. He's hurting and limited activity. Thank you. God is good. Yes, Father, you are so good. And we're so blessed by the healing that you've given us, by our prayers. And we just ask again, Father, when the authority is given to us, that Kurt can be miraculously healed. That whatever is 
ailing him, whatever's causing his neck to be out of alignment, that there's just a sudden shift, something he can feel and know, know that from the origins of that, that's coming from the power of the Holy Spirit, power to shift him back into alignment. We imagine that shifting going on and any demons that are attached are broken free. Any shackles given are broken free. Any contracts that were made intentionally or unintentionally with the demonic, we rebuke them. And within that space, we have an engagement of an intensity, Father, with Kurt and with the Holy Spirit that's just so fulfilling, so powerful, that any doubt any is, is residing in his heart is stripped away and any hesitation of healing, any doubt that healing can happen is pulled away. The pain is gone. The mobility is restored. Father, we don't pray for this over a short time, but we pray for this for an instantaneous, powerful healing that by the morning, Kurt's able to start feeling normal again, feeling natural again, feeling the mobility and the blessing in the heart to know the origins of where that came from so that he can then provide testimony for the power of prayer and healing. Father, we have another prayer tonight for Seth. It says, my cousin I live with, a father, died a few months ago. Now her mom has a large brain tumor and is getting a cranium, some cranium surgery. She may meet God. Please, if you can, send her a good thought. Thank you all for prayers, Seth. Well, Father... Unless you are asking, if your will is to bring her home, Father, we understand. But we're, we're asking for something else. We're declaring authority over this person to literally shake them from the bonds and binds that are holding them in this moment, in the darkness that's allowing this tumor to grow. We just pray that this tumor will be shrunk and cast out of her body, that the surgery will be unnecessary, that as they look to find the tumor, it's gone and that she's completely healed, that there's no call to heaven, but rather a call to return to earth, to give testimony to the power of healing, to have an experience with Jesus so profound it changes her deeply, moves her to be a point on the, on the war battlefield where she can speak to the power of healing, the love of Jesus, and be testimony to herself, to the glories of what love can do. We extend our hands, Father, we just imagine that tumor just being pulled right out. And we just see that with the blood of Christ, that she's bathed in that, and she's truly just healed into the perfection of what kingdom intended. And that those around her witness her healing and her miraculous healing, that it happens quickly and speedily, and the doctors are left stunned. And then again, her voice becomes a powerful voice within the kingdom here on earth of the healing and the miracles of God. Father, we just, I pray tonight for the blessings of Bar's nation. Just pray for the rest of this week that the hearts are filled with the joy of Jesus. The hearts are filled with the fulfillment of desired needs and prayers that they put before us. That the miracles come before people that listen to this. That in Bar's nation, what's on their heart that's weighing heavy is answered. Whether it's resources or whether it's fears, have those taken away, resources provided. It's the concern for a loved one to see the loved ones heal. And just to feel an overall cleansing 
of the space of spiritual darkness to push away, to really understand the boldness of the warrior Christ, to raise up that ferocity within the heart, to step into this new space through this week, a space of victory. Victory in our love in Jesus, victory in our love in you, Father. So we ask you to continue to guide us, bless us, Father, in each step. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Pray with intensity. Pray with conviction. Be fearless in your requests. Don't put a box around God. It's important because we're the only ones that limit what he can do. Be that soldier on the front line that's been given a simple directive, and it's this. Don't get killed. Don't get captured. Don't humiliate your unit or embarrass your unit. Don't humiliate or embarrass your nation or God. Go forth and do good things. It's pretty straightforward. I think those are good mission orders. There's a whole lot you can do under that umbrella. And you can change the world. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you t tomorrow, actually, for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe To the deepest dead Oh, I wanna feel so